0: We are back. It is the new season starting of the EG Way podcast. Hello, welcome back. And it's very exciting. We have a new format. It's not just going to be me here because joining me to host the show now uh, as we do it is the CEO and co-founder of EG, Chris Pont. Chris, how does it feel? Hey. Hey, Andrew. How are you? I am good. I am good. Now, just so people know, we are still working remotely. We're not in the same room together.
1: No, no, no. We're, uh, we're, we're doing this all over Microsoft Teams. So, uh, you know, ho- hopefully the audio quality holds up.
0: I think the audio quality is good. I mean, it's great. this is an ambition of mine that is fulfilled now because basically now there's two of us. We, we're basically doing a breakfast show it's not quite breakfast at the moment though is it it's well no but the audience don't know that see that's the magic of podcasting this could be (laughs) our equivalent of the smashy and nicey breakfast show this could be uh, or you know it could be maybe uh, more like the the Bob Harris sort of a little something for you night birds out there it's uh, Ian Anderson and Fleetwood Mac um (laughs) Okay, I'm not, old enough. I'm not old enough to remember Fleetwood Mac, unfortunately. No, that's... <laughs> wow. Wow, it's started already, the, uh, the, the cruel dark... saga. <laughs> You're hosting the show, and uh, we've got a really interesting interview coming up with Taya Goodluck, uh, who is the Entrepreneur Engagement Manager for Tech Nation. But before yeah. we get on to that, you are... Uh, You're celebrating some good news yourself, aren't you? Because EG is now uh, officially in the top 100 tech companies in the east of England.
1: Yeah, fantastic news for us Um, and and the rest of the organisations involved. Um, There was an event last week which had the fantastic Stephen Fry, part of that, who coined the phrase Geek Anglia.
0: Wow, Geek Anglia. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) that's the title for this show when this goes out that's what we're (laughs) gonna call it so okay so tell us about geek Anglia. i mean top 100 companies in the east of england you know people listening who don't know might think oh that must be about all of them right but actually there's the biggest concentration of tech companies here than anywhere else pretty much in europe except for london right yeah
1: there's there's a huge Diverse um, number of, of companies in the east of England, and obviously that includes places like Cambridge, um, Norwich, Ipswich, um, Colchester, Chelmsford, etc. Um, and, and basically, the, the the Tech East Tech 100 is is showcasing those companies, um, you know, making people aware of, of the, the the range of organisations out there, but also their their growth ambitions. So it's for for companies that, that are really out there looking to scale, looking to grow um and and looking to to showcase what they do
0: you're there uh at you know sort of the forefront of the whole developer community aren't you because you've been at the center of uh the hackathons you've been at the center of all kinds of different code events with the University of East Anglia and you are the agile development people i'm sorry i'm going to i'm going to force you now to give us a quick spiel <sighs> tell us more about why you're in the top 100
1: um, I think really it's showcasing the, the sort of companies that we're working with. So, um, you know, some, some global brands as well as some of the local organizations, some of the local businesses, um, local government. Um, and yeah, we get involved with, um, the tech community as much as possible. Um, things like the hackathon, but also, um, the, the, the coder dojos, which are, are hosted Gen- generally outside of COVID, they're hosted in Ipswich Library and and places like the Creative Computing Club. Um, yeah, I know previously we've had Matthew Applegate from from CCC. We, we we've done a lot of work recently with the Ipswich Building Society. Um, so so you know helping them with their digital transformation and obviously digital transformation's um, a, a hot topic right now um, with what's been going on in the world. Um, many companies have sort of had their hands forced um, in into. Um, upping their game with their use of technology and enabling their staff to work effectively remotely, working from home, etc.
0: They threw a really great event. I mean, everyone has raved about how enjoyable it was. And yet, unlike your usual Tech East live event, it was virtual.
1: Yeah, so um, I think it was presented from uh, BT Adastral Park, but um, all the attendees were remote. And um, yeah, all, all the technology obviously worked flawlessly because it was Tech East um and and you know a bunch of technology companies involved but yeah it was great to see the attendance and um yeah we mentioned earlier Stephen fry um gave gave a short uh talk on tech in the east of england and and coined the phrase geek anglia
0: okay geek anglia well talking of geek anglia um now it's time to bring in uh an old friend of the eg way and uh by that i mean she's been on it before not she's actually old it's Taya Goodluck thank you so much for joining us Taya Goodluck who is the Entrepreneur Engagement Manager at uh, Tech Nation and just to be clear Tech Nation is funded from the Department of Culture Media and Sport unlike Tech East which is funded from the local authorities so presumably you have a great relationship but you're just to be clear you're not the same organization
2: Yes, I love Tech East to bits, um, but yeah, absolutely right. We're funded differently, um, different models in terms of our work and in terms of the programmes that we run. You know, Tech East is a membership organisation, very much Norfolk and Suffolk focused with presence as well across Essex and Cambridge. Um, Tech Nation is obviously a national organisation, UK wide and working with founders with structured growth programs a visa scheme online resources so just really quite different offerings but i find very complementary to each other in terms of basically we're both on the common goal of supporting founders to scale and grow in our amazing region of the east of england
0: and as we as we discussed in the report that came out from tech nation last year east of england is number two only to london really for uh inward investment and from uh, international investment into tech companies and very fast growth sort of unicorn companies which are ones that have have grown to huge valuations in a relatively short period of time right
2: yep absolutely right yeah i think And that report obviously does also capture Cambridge. So a lot of that investment is very much going into Cambridge businesses. You have to be honest about that. But I do think the Tech East 100 played a really good role in saying, actually, you know, there are scaling companies, really exciting technologies also outside of Cambridge across the wide region. We're seeing that very much in terms of our programs, where I think historically most in the region was again from Cambridge companies and the ones that sort of met the criteria as such. Now, we're very much seeing that from Norfolk and Suffolk and Essex as well. Um, We've got a new net zero program that Spark EV, their Suffolk-based business, have recently been accepted onto the cohort, which is really fantastic. And they're doing brilliant um, technology in terms of electric vehicles.
0: Now, we have uh, here at EG been doing our own survey into uh, the tech scene in the east, particularly looking at how uh, workplaces and employees have transitioned during the lockdown to working from home. And it seems particularly timely that we're releasing these numbers now. And we're talking about this report now because, of course, just this week, Boris Johnson has announced that uh, we should all try and work from home if we can. So it feels like this is really still very much an issue that's with us. So from our survey, over 70% of companies reported that they could pivot
1: to homeworking easily, uh, with around three quarters saying that their tech was extremely reliable. So have we finally hit a tipping point for digital transformation in the whole UK or is it in areas like the East London primarily?
2: yeah i think i mean thankfully i say a lot of businesses particularly in the tech sector had already adopted flexible working practices so we're kind of set up for remote working and will have already been using those online tools such as slack and zoom and um, and i also think what we, we were seeing prior to lockdown even is a lot of teams were spread both nationally and internationally for companies obviously to get the best talent so again they were already using those tools and i think that has been reflected in the survey which if i understand correctly was completed largely by sort of tech and IT companies. Um, so that doesn't surprise me at all. And I don't see digital transformation as just being an East and London specific thing. I did sense check this with my colleagues across the UK and they said, no, you know, we're totally seeing the same. But my colleague in Yorkshire, and I think it will be similar in places like Wales, for example, did make a really good point about digital infrastructure and obviously we might take that for granted, being where we're based, that we can get the Wi Fi, you know, we've got all that set up. But I think there have been challenges in more rural areas and that sort of patchy coverage, um, which I guess might be resolved with 5G, but that's a whole different conversation. But the short answer is in terms of who this survey was completed by, that's not surprising. I think it's very much a UK wide thing. And thankfully, companies were already on the ball with this prior to lockdown. I'm surprised it's not higher than 70%, to be honest. I think it's more traditional sectors such as law firms and financial services, those that hadn't previously embraced remote working, that will have had to shift really quickly.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, certainly for financial services and regulated bodies, Uh, We know that there was some real big challenges uh, compliance wise with actually having people working at home on their own systems as opposed to uh, in centralized areas. But what's interesting about that is in the survey, it said that only 4% of companies said they were going to cease homeworking after the lockdown restrictions ended. So are we finally sort of going to see the end of the whole nine to five commuting into the big city uh, sort of treadmill for a lot of people? Um, uh, Or do you think maybe this is a blip and we'll go back to more office-based work in the future?
2: I think in tech, it's, you know, five days a week, was already starting to become a thing of the past. And this has just accelerated that. Again, going back to the talent point, I think companies have realized that, you know, imagine your recruitment can just be opened up so much irrelevant of where people are based. And that's been really beneficial for tech companies. And they're looking also more internationally, as well as someone being based anywhere in the UK. So I think that's been really positive to come out of it. I think from what we hear from companies, and we've also actually seen this reflected in co-working spaces, models, and um, kind of updating is that a lot of people would like to go somewhere to have some sort of social interaction away from their family probably a couple of days a week you know and um that might be popping into a co-working space which has that kind of flexible drop-in policy now rather than you you commit to that desk for that period so i think going forward probably most ideal for a lot of people is a blend of the two but also individuals being able to manage their own time and diary depending on their other commitments and um, of course again leading to financial services law tech except law etc i think it is a different story and i think sadly it maybe hasn't progressed as much as a lot of people would have liked through lockdown and they will revert to old ways but within tech i absolutely think it will be far more remote
0: sure because it must also be uh, a big saving in terms of the cost base um you know your your workforce and your building basically absorb a huge amount of money that could be going into r&d and into scaling and all those sorts of effective revenue drivers so so do you think that you know this is also partly an economic piece where it's like okay fine we can drive the cost of goods down the cost of services down if we can reduce those sort of fixed overheads that we were always lumbered with in the past
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge positive of it. And I think once, from my perspective at least, once companies have successfully operated with remote teams, and I think previously there was sort of concern about would people be doing as much work at home and all that sort of thing. But in terms of productivity, I think this comes out in the survey as well, that um, they said sort of half were the same productivity. 40-odd percent were increased and only 6% or something was um, perceived drop in productivity. So I think that just says it all. If you don't need the overhead of an office and all that comes with that and productivity in half cases is even increasing, it's a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it, really?
1: 38% of our respondents said that they had increased their IT budget since the onset of COVID-19. Do you think this is a trend that is set to continue or...? Something that was very much specific to the lockdown.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm not the expert to comment on like IT budgets internally. You know, that's not kind of my area as such. But I think my understanding would be quite a lot of that's probably an upfront cost. I'm not sure how much that 38% as such would continue. But obviously, looking at tech more broadly, there are a lot of digital tech companies that did incredibly well off the back of quite a bad situation in terms of the services they were offering if you look at edtech as an example um a lot of companies were scaling up but yeah in terms of that 38 percent it budget i'd imagine that's quite an upfront cost and then once you've got the key systems that you need in place to support remote working then that would be a rolling a rolling thing
0: Okay, so we're going to come back to Taya in a moment. But first of all, um, we want to get some thoughts uh, from the broader EG team. And because we're all spread out, we're going to try a new audio selfie format. I uh, I came up with that title myself, Chris. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, sounds good. Are we, uh, are we doing no filter?
0: No filter on this. No That's filter. right. It's raw. It's uh, raw. There's no uh, Mayfair is my favorite uh, Instagram. <laughs> I can't think of a filter we do for audio. We'll think about that. Um, I actually, I think there's some settings on audition where you can do one where it sounds like a voice changer. So you can make someone sound like, uh, you know, they're, like they're, a robot. Yeah. Or a, or a blackmailer possibly, uh, who's demanding <laughs> money with menaces, but of course it's not demanding money with menaces. It, well, actually possibly it is because it's our new business development manager, Kevin Linzel.
3: Okay. Some of my thoughts to the survey results. Um, firstly, it was the impact to the IT projects. I was not surprised to see that so many are behind plan, given the focus, obviously, recently on delivering such successful home working capabilities that we've seen, obviously, in the survey. The success you know, of this working from home is going to be a game changer for many organisations, but it has required, obviously, additional expenditure, and that, obviously, coupled with a reduction in staff availability, perhaps due to furlough or being off unwell, has made it tough to initiate some of those new IT projects. You know, we have seen ourselves, customers' decisions have been taking longer. Um, Partly, this is obviously due to economic uncertainty and control over budgets and things of that nature. But it's also down to, you know, this new way of working, gathering the necessary stakeholders together, reaching a consensus, etc., is just harder remotely. You know, all of those drop by the desk or five minutes whilst getting a cup of coffee type conversations are surprisingly important to easing decision processes in larger organisations. So how do organisations get those projects moving again? Well, first, it's important to reassess if the project is required and the scope of the project. You know, the world has changed. We offer a one day inception workshop as a starting point for bringing an idea or project to life. You know, this can be really helpful to help organizations struggle, who struggle to get that initial scoping, requirements, resourcing, and cost estimates together in order to gain sign off. So, our Inception Workshop helps organizations put the very first foundations of the project in place so that they can gain stakeholder sign off and proceed with the project. And we're already starting to see several new customer projects initiate in this way.
0: Thanks to Kevin Lindsell. There, there'll be more from Kevin in the next EGUA. Um, So, Taya, because tech companies are so often associated with that sort of jargon word "disruptor," and you know they are used to dealing with you know disrupted marketplaces and fast-changing situations. Do you think that that it's also partly down to the fact that when a massive disruptive event like COVID comes along? Uh, tech companies are better geared up to be agile and respond to it effectively with you know a business strategy
2: absolutely i mean I think ultimately from what we've seen the companies that clearly have survived or or done really well actually are those that pivoted super quickly you know home workings one side of that in terms of the operation of their business but also in terms of their technology how can we quickly shift to meet a really different need and that's even seen in like health tech companies that were perhaps um, there's one example helix you know they were focused on rare treatment of diseases using ai and very much around drug discovery they immediately pivoted that for this period to focus on covid and that was like a super quick shift so yeah i think definitely more agile than more traditional industries and probably have that kind of mindset and perhaps, like, less scared of change and embracing of it.
1: That's great, Taya. Thank you. Uh, we're going to come back in a second, but first we're going to uh, hear a few words from our Principal Consultant, Tim Nash.
4: Hi, I'm Tim Nash. I'm a Principal Software Consultant at EG. I think the most important finding in the survey was that most organisations, uh, 73%, were very quickly able to enable working when required. On top of that, uh, 94% said that productivity had either improved or was unchanged. And this shows that it's possible to implement digital transformation very quickly, even if it's not planned or even called a digital transformation. It also debunks the view that working from home, in adverted commerce is in some way less productive than being in the office. It's important to not think of this as the end of the transformation. We've entered the situation when some people are back in the office at least some of the time while others are continuing to work remotely a sort of hybrid work environment this is likely to continue for at least the next six to 12 months if not longer and as many people discover the benefits of not having to travel to the office every day further transformation will be required in order to put these two different groups the office workers and the remote workers on the same footing Anyone who's tried to participate in a meeting with some people in the office and others remote will know what I'm talking about. Organisations also need to review their transformations and decide whether it's sustainable for the long term when considering things like budgets, security and future
1: growth. So one final question. What really stood out to you from our survey and did it match your own research at Technation? What what should we expect from next year as we continue to experience the disruption from COVID-19?
2: I think in terms of what to expect, I mean... Like I said before, this has actually for a lot of tech and disruptive tech companies brought a huge amount of opportunity. And um, there's so many examples out there. But even, you know, if you look at the example of online events, that was maybe sort of bubbling away a bit where it, there were companies doing it, but it really hadn't sort of taken off as the norm. And now you've got um, companies like Hopin are just smashing it. And that's a massive opportunity that wasn't wasn't as big pre covid clearly so i i just expect to see the good companies that have like amazing entrepreneurs leading them to continue disrupting and coming up with new solutions and um, and i think for those companies they will always find investment as well because i think the money is there and i think investors are continuing we've seen big rounds continue to happen throughout so in terms of the tech sector I think they're going to play play like a super clearly they'll play a super key role over the next 12 months and I think obviously it's really awful in many ways what's happening at the moment but equally that does bring with it opportunity and and I think in terms of what concerns me that's a good question i mean just the thought of nurseries and schools <laughs> closing again concerns me but that's all more of a personal
0: level okay thank you listen thank you so much for spending the time to connect with us working from home uh today it's been great to have you in the virtual studio thank you very much to the entrepreneur engagement manager for tech nation tear good luck thank you and OK, that's almost the end of the show. But before we go, um, our uh, business consultant, Robin Birkby, uh, has been having a few thoughts about uh, the tech report and how it related to uh, life in lockdown and also work-life balance in lockdown, too. Over to Robin. Wow.
5: 2020. What a year. If someone had told me we'd all spend 2020 working from home full time, living and working with our partners and families, setting up offices in our houses, and that was going to be the norm for 2020, I'd have laughed in their face. I would have honestly thought that it was not possible to still be productive, but how wrong was I? With all of these tools and kudos to all the people who had the innovation and the foresight to be able to create these tools for us. But with all of these tools, we've been able to, to pick up where we left off in the office and start at home the following day. And certainly for me, I found the change seamless. Um, I literally the next day after lockdown was announced, I was running a workshop picking up a new project, kicking off a new project, and found that the change was seamless. I I didn't notice a change at all. It was as though that was the plan all along. I think having all these tools like video conferencing, Azure DevOps, remote working to be able to share files with, with your colleagues, I think that's came at the perfect time for us. I think we were really lucky that all of those tools existed because if they hadn't, it would have been a very, very different scenario this lockdown. I'm not sure it would have been nearly as possible as as we had it. We found that the people's attitudes towards what is possible at home, not only because of the tools and also because of our trust in our employees, I think that is causing a revolution to happen in the way we work. Certainly, that I know of a couple of people who have found new jobs since lockdown happened, and both of them are now working full time remotely, um, and not just because of lockdown, because that is their contract. I know another company who hated the idea of working, of remote working. They they always said they would never do it. Now they've been forced to, and actually their attitude has completely changed, and they want to keep this this going, maybe not full time, but certainly keep it going. And I know another company who said that from their perspective, they will never have that many people in the office again. They've realized the risks by having all of their staff in one building at at any one time is actually too great. And because it's possible to have people working from home now, they're going to switch to a 50-50 ratio of people working from home. And I think for the workers, that it's going to work out better as well. There's going to be less time spent commuting. Whether that means there's more time spent working or not is is a different story. But hopefully, that means a better work-life balance. I know I've been able to take lunchtime walks with my husband and my dog, and that's made a massive difference to me. It it makes me feel much more like I've got a work-life balance, even though actually I've been working longer hours. I think it's going to make a massive difference to the way we work. And I think being forced to make this change in such a quick manner has been quite uh, a shock to the system for everybody involved. But I think the long-term effects are going to be brilliant. And I think that's why we need to to focus on making this change long-term and making sure that it's sustainable as we go forward.
1: Okay that's all we've got time
0: for this week <laughs> Indeed it is, and wow, that's, uh, I forgot, you're doing the sign-off this week, now we're co-hosting, we get to share the sign-off, so I'm going to say hi, I've been Andrew Walker, I'm a freelance writer, I'm an old friend of EG's, um, you know, and I also have broken into Chris's house so many times. Uh, <laughs> so much
1: so, I've had to move.
0: Yeah, he's actually, he's actually had, you know, the new people, the new people aren't nearly as nice as you were about it, I'll <laughs> tell you that. Good, okay, so it's goodbye from me, and? It's goodbye from me. And join us next week on the EG Way podcast. And how do they find us on LinkedIn, Chris? Um, if you just search for EG. EG. And how do we spell that, Chris?
1: I-J-Y-I. And why is it called EG? It's called EG because we like to be an example of how software delivery should work. EG. Get it?
0: Get it? EG. They, that's a classic podcast gag. It's an audio joke. It's a play on words. Okay. That's <laughs> goodbye for me. Goodbye for Chris. Bye.
5: Bye.